0: 925-377-STAR. Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our healthy living coaches, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, as they engage in energetic exchanges with success birds, bringing you research, innovation, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your business and personal navigational skills for ultimate achievement. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The party starts now.
1: Well, hello, Power Partners. Thank you so much for joining us here on Star Style. Be the star you are, where we like to catapult you to the stars and help you be the star that you are. This show is brought to you by Be the Star You Are Charity, and we're your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we're coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by our sponsors of the upcoming Pear Festival. And that's MB Jesse Painting, Mike Verbrugge Construction, La Marinda Weekly, and... Uh, Brooks Albrey and Children's Success Unlimited. Please make sure to visit the website, BeTheStarYouAre.org for details. It's going to be fun. And the miracle moment is from Marie Antoinette. There is nothing new except what has been forgotten. I always love these miracle moments, Heather, because they make me stop and think, right? I mean, what I thought about that is when I was writing my books, Well, you know, you think about, like, when I was doing my books, I was thinking how original I was, and I had all these great ideas, and then as I do, as I read a lot of other books that are from, you know, like 50 years ago, I realized that a lot of other people thought of the same things I did. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, it's just that it was forgotten. Yeah, so that's what's exciting. So we have a, a really a very fascinating show for you today and you'll want to pay attention because we really do have a lot of health issues and, um, and uh, growth issues for you that are going to help. Uh, coming up in Health Matters, Heather's going to talk to us about a very, very serious disease that most of us don't really take seriously until it's too late and that is diabetes and It really is, uh, you know, we hear so much about it that we kind of go, ah, diabetes, no big deal, we can take an insulin shot, but the bottom line is you don't want to get it in the first place. In segment two, we're going to talk about labeling for kids. You know, uh, we want to understand why children are different from each other, and a new study is showing that labeling your child and yourself could actually be helpful to helping a child be more successful and happy. But we have to be careful of the labels. And then something that is sweeping the world right now, we're being plagued by mosquitoes. And in segment three, we will talk about the Zika virus and what you can do about it. We'll also talk about uh, ticks and uh, how do you identify Lyme disease and you know, find out what insects are carrying, what viruses and where the plagues are more prevalent. Because as um, 400 million people in the United States travel to other countries, every year we are more uh, likely to get something that we don't have here and that we may not know what it is. So turn up the volume and sit back, relax and get ready. For star style, be the star you are. So Heather, let's just jump right in to health matters because if we are diabetes-free now, we want to make proper lifestyle choices that will keep us that way. So could you give us some tips on boosting our overall wellness? Tell us what type 2 diabetes is, how can we avoid it, how do we keep our blood sugar in check? Anything that you can shed a light on will be fabulous.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So, as you know, there's two types of diabetes. There's type 1 and type 2. Type 1 is usually uh, considered juvenile diabetes, and type 2 um, is uh, more commonly, and that's usually developed later on in life. And um, there's a misconception a lot of times people think of, oh, that you've done this to yourself and sugary things. It isn't all just sugar. Um, different things with our life now. We now live more sedentary lives, and we're, we're not out there hunting and gathering. Um, and there's plenty of ways that, you know, we have always talking about um, health management and what we can do uh, in the meantime, it's, uh, you know, to kind of get better with our health and, and take precautionary things. Um, there's such a big market out there. We've talked so many times about, you know, you watch TV and every other commercial is a pill for this, a pill for that. And usually the side effects are a lot worse uh, than the original condition. But what our society has become is that we really have become that let's take a pill and that there are just so many health issues going on. And there's so many leading things and and things um, going on with that. And that's a whole other segment. But with the meantime, the most important thing with your health is instead of uh, when you get something, of treating it that way, of working in preventative care. And that's really what, as a society, we need to focus on more is, is, uh, of course, we want the cure for things, but we also want to prevent these things. What are the steps we can do to try to make ourselves less likely to get these horrible diseases or illnesses? Um in the meantime and so that we don't have to take all these pills and we don't have to worry about those side effects. So 1st thing, kind of starting with type 2 um, diabetes and what uh, the main kind of uh, underlying thing between type 1 and type 2 is um, when you have a type 1 diabetes means that you have a total lack of insulin um, and type 2 means that you make too little insulin or you can't uh, use your body doesn't uh, use insulin effectively. So they sound very similar but yet they are are very different in ways, and they affect people most um, very, very differently. And, and people, people can, in ways, not cure themselves, but almost have have completely managed their diabetes and, and no longer have to be on, diabe- on uh, diabetic medication or insulin. And insulin, I'll get to at the very end, but that's sort of our last thing, but I'm not seeing any negative things completely towards that. So let's just start off first with how you know the little do do it yourself little tricks that can help prevent manage type two diabetes. Starting here, red wine. You know, I'm such a big fan. We're always trying to figure out how alcohol can be. A I'm a big factor. fan too. And uh, does red and wine have prevent yeah, the, diabetes? The thing, the thing with with uh, red wine, you know, if you will. Every other study, there's always studies saying, you know, wine is this, and next thing coming out saying maybe it's not as healthy as we thought. But the underlying thing, as we always get to, is moderation. Things can always be healthy for you or not healthy for you. Um, it's, it's all the moderation of it. And junk food is not good for you by any means, but allowing yourself to have a little treat every now and then, that's okay. Okay. Making that your full core diet, not so much. So when it comes to wine, yes, there are antioxidants in it, which are have many other um, helpful, uh, beneficial things. Um, And uh, but we're viewing this too. And when I say about drinking, you know, how they say you know wine every day, we're talking about five ounces of wine, and preferably with dinner on a Mediterranean diet. And what a Mediterranean diet consists of is think of the Mediterranean. It's going to be olives olive oil, nuts, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, um, and lean meats. For myself, almost a vegetarian diet, but including lean meats in it, you know, salmon, fish like that. Um, so what they've seen with that is, and this is also saying with a healthy diet, drinking just five ounces. Now, I don't know about you, but I never really have just one glass. But with that one glass, um, it can help lower cholesterol. I don't think five and ounces is what we drink. Yeah, I think that's you know what they pour you, and then I say, oh, give me a little bit more. But um, with that small amount of of the antioxidants, the red wine, um, that it can help lower cholesterol. It can help improve blood uh, glucose levels, which is uh, works co- uh, coincide with insulin. Um, and that's uh, when they did these tests. They compare these to people who just had water with their dinner. I'm totally for I'm such a water person all the way, but um, when it comes to your wine, if you want to feel like, hey, I'm doing something for my health, in small moderations. And actually by having more, um, by exceeding eight ounces a day, that they actually say, especially for women, that the health effects can be very negative. It puts you at higher risk for uh, breast cancer, higher risk for cholesterol, all kinds of bad things. Um, but moderation is key. Um, another thing, after meal walks, I'm so for get up, exercise. Your body, food, remember that food is energy and fuel. And so now that you've just fueled up your tank, you know, your your, uh, car there, go take it for a drive. Don't let it just sitting there. And we all know after you eat, getting up and taking that, let's go for a little walk. For me, it kind of makes me feel better. Like, oh, okay, I'm kind of getting the food moving, digesting. I feel better after I've had it, after I go for a little walk. Oftentimes we make the mistake that we kind of overindulge or we really we fill ourselves up. We eat until we're full, and then we feel like, oh, all I want to do is just sit here and I don't feel really good, which isn't good. We need to get up and moving. And what happens when you're up and moving, blood sugar... Um, it helps reg- regulate your blood sugar. Your muscles are soaking up that glucose better, and they're using um, your calories as energy. Your body is properly digesting things and putting it into you know those little those little compartments that it goes. In, and it will help regulate blood sugar. And that's when we know is when uh, your blood sugar is too low and you feel weak, and when your blood sugar is too high, that's when you can feel sort of the same thing, like you want to pass out. That Sort of, oh, I'm just really lethargic. Think after Thanksgiving when you eat all that turkey and all of those chemicals—you know, the natural ones—and proteins are going into your body, um, and it uh, tryptophan kind of creates that, that sleepy effect. Well, all your blood in your body is ru- well, not all the blood, blood yeah. And then everybody all goes. All the and blood is a rushing a your body, to go to your stomach to help you digest that, and so that's why you feel so lethargic because your body is going into overtime to work on your digestion. So give your body a little bit of help. Get out. Start working. You'll start burning off the calories, and your body will start beginning using the calories as fuel and burning them off. And plus, you'll just feel better. Um, as I mentioned before, Mediterranean diets—that whole olive oil. Olive oil is fantastic. Coming from an Italian family, I mean, you can probably go on and on about all the different tricks under the eyes. We all know uh, what's her name, so- Sophia. Right. Oh, that, that beautiful Yes, Sophia Loren. Yes. And and Sophia Loren, and she's always talked about, you know, I'm sure that she has other little secrets, but that her beauty secret is olive oil and that she puts olive oil under her eyes and her skin, and we know it's so good for you. It has all those monounsaturated fats. But don't be fooled as same thing with coconut oils, um, which I'm not talking about coconut oils today, but don't be fooled by things that are healthy fats and oils. Yes, use them in lieu of butter, of mayo, of heavy creams, of ranch, of processed things, but still use them sp- sparingly a little goes a long way and you'll be amazed i think you know inside we're so used to just overly dressing things um my little key now when i cook i still i like to use olive oil if i'm using an oil you know so that things won't burn but i will just put a little bit maybe a teaspoon to tea, two teaspoons and then i'll put um balsamic vinegar as well as lemon juice something else that gives it still that coated texture um, but not over-saturating it because you want to get the healthy fats from it, but you don't want to get overly fat. Number one tablespoon has 14 grams of fat in it. Your entire day's worth is supposed to have be a maximum of 60. So imagine if you put three tablespoons on something. That's already half your day's amount of fat in just three tablespoons.
1: So be cautious. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, and, and I think some people actually put too much when they're using Olive oil because they think it is so good for you, which it is, yeah. but like too much of anything isn't good for you.
2: Exactly, and then the big mistake is um, it's a lot of time you people making thinking salads. Salads are so healthy, but even with a homemade, you know, with a vinaigrette, you can go over with the dressing um, with the, the oil. So, if the best thing too is to make your own homemade vinaigrette, you'd be so amazed if you flip over the bottle of something that you bought, you'll see that there is probably 30 different um, ingredients in it, a lot that you can't even pronounce. So just make it a really healthy way of taking balsamic vinegar, oil, uh, a little uh, olive oil, some lemon juice, a little pepper, a teeny bit of salt if you'd like. Shake it up and put it into, they make the, those, you can buy them in your convenience store as travel bottles, like little travel shampoo or spray bottles. They make ones that would be like a, a hairspray stuff when they come completely empty. You could even get them at the dollar store. Put it in that so you can spray it onto your salad. Because oftentimes when people pour it out, they pour out many more servings than they would need. And their salad becomes basically the opposite of healthy. And what I touched on before is vinegar. I know it can be a little too tart and puckery for people. I actually love the taste of it. I love sour beers. I love kombucha. I love that little tingle. I love when it comes to candies, I love sour candies. Vinegar is very healthy for you. and There's been all kinds of studies. And those are very good for you. Yeah, especially um, in regards to apple cider vinegar. And what that is, that acidity in it, it helps blood sugar slow down in the body. It helps with the absorption of carbohydrates, and it will actually kind of dull your hunger pains. And some people say, you know, that for dietary, to take two tablespoons of, of vinegar each day. I just think it kind of brings out more flavor and things as well. I like that tartness. So when you make those dressings, add a little bit more vinegar, when you, uh, you know, maybe mix it into a drink or something, give it a tartness and knowing that not only will you be helping your digestive system, but you'll be helping your sugar regulation throughout your body. Longer sleep, this is something I need most definitely, I, I will admit, I'm the worst about when it comes to sleep and we know our sleep is so important. We've talked about it before. We don't even, we don't really know why you know, as humans or just as a species, that we have we shut down. We need sleep. That people can die from lack of sleep. Sleep deprivation is a form of torture for people. Um, when we sleep, our body regenerates cells. That's why in the night, and when you've got a great night's sleep, it shows. People say, "Wow, you look so rested. Your skin looks plush and and moisturized." And when we don't, our skin looks dull. We look puffy. We look we look exhausted. We wear our sleep on ourselves. But what also happens is when we get a less amount of sleep, it disrupts our circadian rhythms. And those are when we are in our deep sleep mode. That's when we're dreaming, our rapid eye movement. And that's so vital to the body. And they, they the hours kind of differ. They used to say 9, they used to say 8, 7, somewhere between seven to nine hours, depending on your age and lifestyle, is the best amount. And they say five and under can really be a deadly amount. I know sometimes I'm only getting five. For me, I feel rested at five, but I look amazing at seven. So, um, with that, when uh, with the proper amount of sleep, it's going to help your body's natural circadian rhythm. It's going to help your, control your blood sugar. Um, when your blood sugar is out of whack, especially with lack of sleep, it's going to boost those corosone levels. And cortisol is your stress uh, hormone that fight or flight and cortisone is there when we're really stressed out that's when we tend to um, eat unhealthy foods comforting foods that's when when our cortisone levels are off that's when we crave sugars and carbohydrates which we know is the opposite of what we want in our body especially when dealing with diabetes and And probably
1: we crave a lot of salt that's when you reach for the potato chips and everything
2: Exactly. All the things that are just going to not go opposite against us. And my last quick little three things are sort of the, the final things that you don't want that uh, I'm not uh, counting them out, but I'm saying that these are things hopefully that you're being healthy and preventative-wise is that you won't have to get to that level. But, again, Medications. As I've always tried to go for the holistic approach, but I am not against medications. If your doctors, if you are at that level where your doctors say you need medication, um, you know these other methods, and that you know if, if you're having trouble getting your weight under control, if you're having trouble with these other things. Definitely look into medications, but talk with your doctors and see the various options. A lot of times, doctors are work with a particular um, a drug representative, and so they might be only um, offering you one kind of drug because that's the the relationship they've created with this company. Sort of, you know, I'll do these things for you. You sell more of our the, our medication. But talk to your doctor. Maybe you have know someone that's on something else that's worked, or you've seen these commercials. You see all. All those commercials that say talk to your doctor about medication X. If there's something you're interested in or if you've heard good things or you want to hear your doctor's opinion about talk with your doctor. There's a lot of things out there um, and potentially this could be something that could help you even further get on the right track with, your, um, with a healthy lifestyle. Also insulin. insulin is sort of that it used to be thought of the, you know the last resort. But now doctors are actually kind of thinking at lower doses starting in the beginning that it can help regulate your blood sugars um, uh, better talk with your doctors it's a less scary thing now they've got these little pins you know these little pens you can do on the go and they've all kinds of different monitors um, but again talk with your doctor and if you are on insulin make sure that you're using it correctly you're keeping it stored correctly um, out in the refrigerator they will have an expiration date on it and that expiration date Uh, or excuse me, the manufacturer, forgetting the two, but there's a manufacturing date and there's an uh, expiration date. I want to say the manufacturing date when left in the refrigerator um, is like two or three years later. But um, insulin left outside of the refrigerator has about a three-month, um, survival rate. So make sure you're reading all labels and you're talking with doctors because certain medications may be different. They make those little pens, as I said, that now you can just put in your purse, but they're not good forever. So make sure if you're not needing it all the time um, that you haven't exceeded its expiration date. And a last kind of result is weight loss surgery. People with type 2 diabetes, and this isn't saying because uh, I've known people who are appear to be very fit and thin and actually have diabetes, um, but uh, typically type 2, which comes on later on in life, um, a result of it is uh, obesity or being overweight, which is due to a lot of, unhealthy lifestyle choices, serenity, not eating properly. And weight loss surgery it could be a potentially helpful thing leading you to that better uh, sense of life. Usually it's um, only for people who are at an extremely obese uh, uh, weight or, um, you know, I guess sort of liposuction things. Um, but if you're actually getting, you know, very heavy, severe uh, Uh, weight loss reduction surgery, that could be the big step of getting you moving because a lot of times people, you know, they're at that weight that makes it moving around uncomfortable for them. And uh, even if people sometimes who have lost weight, they've taken that challenge and they've made those healthier steps, they may have lost a significant amount of weight and now they have excess skin. Sometimes people can have 30 to 40 pounds of just skin that's sagging on them. So emotionally, that's also very detrimental. So talk with your doctor. Wow, now, that's how Yeah, so if your BMI is higher than 35, talk with your doctor again. Start... Trying to make these healthy little day-to-day things. Find ways also of of uh, getting in those little workouts, getting in physical activity that you trick yourself. When you're on your cell phone, something I like to do, I like to go walk my dog when I'm talking on the phone. Cell phones, we can take them anywhere now. It's not that we're stuck to the road, you know, stuck to the wall in the room. That way I'm doing two things at once. I'm, you know, talking, I'm catching up with my mom, but I'm also getting in some exercise, and I'm, you know, enjoying the fresh air. So find little ways, and it could be, you know, around the house, maybe, you know, doing uh, gardening. Find things that you can do with other people. It makes the job extra, you know, kind of get rid of that thought, this is exercise. Just think this is just enjoying life and being physical. We are bodies of movement Keep on moving. So for more information about your about a show, about the radio, about all the great things going on with us, we want you to check out the website. Go to bethestarur.org as well as com.
1: Well, excellent. And we do hope that no one does develop diabetes, but at least now you have some help, you have some tips on how to avoid it. And then if you do get diagnosed with prediabetes, or diabetes after you've spoken with your doctor, some extra help in order to live a healthier, uh, longer life. Well, great, uh, great segment, Heather. Thank you so much. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about how to label your kid so that they actually do better in life, that they actually live up to their potential. So I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. Don't go away. I will be with you in just a few seconds. Be
0: the star you are. The star you are.
3: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
1: Well, we have a few great announcements to make because September is an incredibly busy month for Be the Star You Are. First of all, I'm very excited to report that on September 9th, which is um, tomorrow, right? Is that right? No, it's um, it's Friday, sorry, September 9th we are, will be celebrating our 18th anniversary of being a 501c3 charity. That means making a difference in the world. So we are very, very thrilled about that. And the teens just did a show, um, which uh, will, was aired on uh, yesterday on the 6th, all about our 18th anniversary and how they felt about being part of Be This Star You Are. So make sure to tune in to Express Yourself Teen Radio go to the Voice America Kids Network and click on September 6th. So congratulations to everyone, the supporters, the benefactors, the beneficiaries, the volunteers, everyone who has participated in helping Be The Star You Are grow. And stay around for 18 years. Boy, when I launched this charity, I never, I don't know, I didn't look that far in the future. I was doing it from my heart. I didn't realize how hard it would be to do and um, fortunately we have made it so I'm just I'm so thrilled and I feel very grateful about that. Now the second thing is on September 17th Vineyard Vine in Walnut Creek California is doing what's called a 1010. and a 1010 is that all day long uh, if you shop at Vineyard Vine which is on Main Street it's really right across from Tiffany's and the Apple Store so you can't uh, miss it on the corner of Mount Diablo and Main Street, North Main. uh, They will give you a 10% discount on anything in the store and they automatically give 10% to be the star you are. Then, even better, from 5 to 8 in the evening, there's going to be a little celebration and it'll be a reception with uh, beverages and uh, food and You'll get to meet um, several of our volunteers and our event coordinator, Chelsea uh, Pelchat, And, of course, I will be there, and I will be having some potpourri for everyone. And then the next weekend, on September 24th, is the annual Pear and Wine Festival, for which Be This you Are has been participating uh, since its inception. And there will be a fantastic booth that is going to just really have be fun for the whole family. There'll be a reading circle for kids. Books will be given away, brand new books, complimentary books. There'll be games, there'll be face painting, there'll be all kinds of fun things. And of course at the event itself there are pear pies and pear juice and pear wine and then there's regular wine, there's music, there's dancing, there's all different kinds of booths with things. So if you visit org and click on events, you will find information on these events and we thank our sponsors again for uh, helping us make these dreams come true for all the kids that will be uh, getting these free books. So now on to our topic for the day is about labeling your kid. We've so long uh, been avoiding labels because we think that it's bad, but the reality is that no two kids are alike. And when it comes to parenting, there is not one size fits all. It, that's just the way it is. So we have to learn how to understand ourselves as parents better. And if once we understand ourselves, I think we'll be able to parent better. Because if you are a parent listening to this show, you might be wondering why one of your child is the life of the party no matter where he or she is. While another child is shy, clings to your leg, would rather be anywhere but where the party is. Or how one child might have a complete meltdown because they can't find their white uh, soccer shirt and their baseball shirt that's white just won't do. And everybody's waiting in the car to leave. So what is going on here? The interesting thing about temperaments is that it's something that no one really fully understands. And although we're familiar with introverts versus extroverts, we, there's not really a framework about how one, you know, how why Jack is different than Jill. So once we see the definitions and descriptions, it clicks rather quickly. Now, recently, a a mother a daughter team they leveraged some Cal Poly resources and they developed these questionnaires which they published in a book called Parenting by Temperament. And this questionnaire is now online. It takes about 20 minutes to complete. It costs $15. But what happens is the results classify your child as having one preference from each of following four pairs of traits. They could be introversion versus extroversion, sensing versus intuition, thinking versus feeling, and judging versus perceiving. And then... Of course, your kid could score one or two strong preferences, and other preferences might be only slightly dominant. So, for example, a child who is a mild introvert might find it easy to behave in an extroverted way when the situation calls for it, but an extreme judger, that's uh, someone who really craves structure, will find it impossible to change plans spontaneously. So, for example, if you were to say, let's go to the zoo instead of the movie, which was on the list to do that day, that child might have a tantrum. So it really will help you as a parent to understand what is really good about your child, and then you can take some baby steps to help her in the areas where she has trouble. Because, you know, we got to face it, we can't change who kids are. We wouldn't want to but we have to embrace their unique child and then we have to address their issues. And then the other thing that I think is really um, very important is that we can take all this information that we learn a step further and then we look at our own temperament and the program will even get more powerful with you because, you know, our kids are different than ourselves. We think that we have created little mini-me's but in effect, we have to allow ourselves as parents to be who we are. And then we have to allow the children to be who they are. So let's look at some of the different um, kinds of, of um, labeling that we can do. And we actually call them temperaments. So the most um, interest I mean not interesting, the most normal would be introvert versus, versus extrovert. So introverts, they generally enjoy working quietly and tentatively, whereas extroverts are energized by people and they're very, very talkative. Now the upside to an introvert is they're quiet and calm, they can play alone, they're usually very good listeners, they're loyal, they have very close friendships and they're not easily distracted. The downside to an introvert is that they might be reluctant to join in groups. They might be slower to make friends. They might get tired and cranky from socializing. And they're probably hesitant and cautious about any new experiences. So how can you learn to love the trait? Well, you have to admire your introvert's ability to make strong, deep friendships. Introverts will be especially devoted to their friends. So understand that a big birthday party is not what they want. Instead, you can assure yourself that it's okay if your introvert only wants one friend, and then you can still make a really big cake because that introvert just wants to be one-on-one. And then, how do you stretch the uh, the trait? Well, every day you could help your child toward becoming a moderate or more a well-rounded version of an introvert by uh, showing a um, by gently kind of including other people from time to time. And you know, you can teach some social etiquette such as greeting guests at the door making better eye contact, shaking hands properly, and, la- and saying, you know, let's have two people over today. And then, so you have to do it gradually. Now, the extrovert, the upside to extrovert is wow, they make friends easily. They're very enthusiastic and they're often very good, good-humored. And they really, really care about communicating. Now the downside is they may lack some close or lasting friendships Because they may be just too impulsive, they might be overly risk-taking, and um, some people may just find them too noisy or too active. Uh, The other thing about extroverts is they get bored really easily. So they're on to the next thing. Now the traits that you really have to admire in an extrovert is that when your child tells you about her day or about something exciting, you need to be enthusiastic. You have to keep in mind that extroverts are processing while they talk. So, you know, they're not really worrying about the content. Uh, They're going to be the first ones that are going to put their hands up in a class. And they really don't know the answer, but they're going to figure it out as they're talking. So think of it um, as your extrovert. When they start talking, it's just going to be a data dump. Your job then is to ask questions to help your child make sense of what they're talking about. Now, how can you stretch the trait and make it better? You can consider balancing extrovertism with a healthy dose of getting comfortable working and playing alone. You've got to teach the kids and encourage them to uh, be by themselves sometimes and encourage a depth in relationships by inviting only one friend at a time as opposed to a whole group and they keep them stimulated because extroverts have to be stimulated. And also, it's important to protect family time, uh, to uh, build deeper relationships with this high-energy child. So, what are some of the things? You may want to go bike riding. You may want to swim. You may want to go camping. Things that are going to build family, you know, and have them be excited. Now, there's the, the next two are called sensing and intuitive. Now, sensing, they're focused on the real and practical. The intuitive, they're very imaginative, and they're big picture thinkers. Now, the upside of a sensing child is they're focused on the present. What is real, practical, useful? They have good memory for facts and detail, and they really don't make very many careless mistakes. They really, really enjoy developing and practicing skills. The downside is they're probably very impatient with theories and any abstract ideas. They're not interested in thinking or talking about the past or the future, and they're going to have a lot of trouble with general instructions, and they're very resistant to change. What you have to love in this kind of child is this child is going to be your record and memory keeper. So when your sensor asks what time is it, you've got to say a specific time. Like the time is 1134. You don't just say, oh, it's around 1130 because they want specificity. Now, how to stretch the trait. The idea is to move beyond just the facts and teach your sensor to also wonder and be curious and ask why and what if. And let them ask questions with no definitive answers. Help them learn to brainstorm and to be wildly inventive or play some adventure story games where one person starts a story and then the person adds something else. We do this in my acting class. We start with. Once upon a time and then we go around the room and each person has to say one word and it's imperative that they create a story. So it's very, um, you know, it's it's a very interesting kind of game. Now intuitive, the upside is they have vivid imaginations. They like uh, make-believe, they like pretend games, they're good at thinking why things happen, they love to learn new ideas, they want new ways of doing things. The downside, they get bored with the details. They really don't want the facts. They hate routines. They're not a fan of practicing skills to improve them. They're not going to practice that piano no matter how many lessons you give them. And the way that you can love the trait is intuitive toddlers are the ones that are asking you, why, 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 all the time. So they're big thinkers and they're pie in the sky envisioners. visioners. So you can kind of have fun with that and let them just, you know, be visionaries. To learn to stretch the, uh, the trait, look for fun ways to have uh, this child's appreciation for facts and information. And at story time, talk about the meaning of the story and then ask, what do you see that makes you think that? And that will encourage the intuitives to use their senses and to back up claims and ideas. But be alert to trouble taking tests because of a tendency to overthink questions. Somebody who's intuitive, they can find the right answer in almost every question especially if it's multiple choice. So, that's a hard one for them. You have to spend some time practicing reading the instructions and letting them know, you know, there really is only one right answer. Then there's the thinking versus feeling. Now, thinking they're task oriented, feeling are people oriented. The upside to the thinking is they're great problem solvers, they're logical thinkers. They make reason decisions, but they can be insensitive to other's people feeling because they can be unfiltered they can be just very blunt and outspoken but what you can love in this child is um, that the child's gonna find solutions to everyday problems and they love the satisfaction of accomplishment. so to stretch them you need to teach them th- that there's a whole feeling world out there and that we don't want to hurt other people's feelings now the feeling people uh, being people oriented they're very warm they're considerate they're agreeable by nature They are willing to compromise, and the uh, the downside is they have a difficulty um, asserting themselves, especially as they get older, so they they could be emotionally manipulative, and that's not a good thing. But how to love the trait, the child's agreeableness is easy to be around, so feeling people want to please everyone, especially their parents, and they're very cooperative. So listen closely, read between the lines. Because your feeler may be telling you what you want to hear, and maybe that's not the whole truth. You can stretch the trait by, um, by they have a strong need for approval, right? Which can put them at risk. So help your child get com- comfortable with conflict. And if your feeler's about to comply with a, quest, a request, but you can tell they're doing it with deep disappointment, make it a teachable moment and, and encourage your pleaser to express how they don't want to do something. That is very critical. Now, the final two are called judging and perceiving. And I'll get through these quickly because we're out of time for this segment. The judger is very structured. The perceiver is spontaneous. The upside to the judger is they're organized and they're neat. They're prompt and they're decisive. And they really like rituals and familiarity. However, the downside is they're resistant to change. And that might make them very bossy. Now, you can love the trait because your your child is going to be your chief helper. So you can embrace it, uh, enjoy them, praise them, reward them. And as your child grows, he's going to crave these rituals such as family gatherings and family traditions. So make sure to have many of them. And then stretch the trait by tempering the child to the goal. So teach her to understand and tolerate others' lack of neatness help her bite her tongue when she starts getting bossy, and introduce last-minute replanning of leisure activities to help a younger judger experience the discomfort of change, which will be followed by a pleasant outcome. Now, the perceiver is very spontaneous, ready for anything. They're easygoing. They enjoy the moment. They're flexible. They're welcome to change. The downside is they get very bored by routine. They're procrastinators, and they start things, and they never finish them. So... This child is very curious about everything. It's open to new adventures. So there's kind of nothing that is not to love about this child. But for the sake of the child's uh, future teachers, employers, and spouses, start small and immediately with organizational skills and make them manageable because these kids, uh, they don't pick up their toys, they're messy. You have to help them stay engaged. Now for more information about this um, test that you could take, for yourself and your child you could go to parentingbytemperament.com. that's parentingbytemperament.com. i found it really fascinating i think you will too and when we come back from break we're going to talk about all those blood suckers out there the the uh, ticks and the mosquitoes that can bring us disease i'm cynthia bryan you're listening to star style be the star you are i'll be right back be
0: the star you are. The star you
3: Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: Do you know how to take charge of your future? You must define the direction of your life before you can move towards a future that will bring you fulfillment. In order to take charge of your future, you have to have a target, and these are specific written goals. When you write your goals, you're telling your mind that you mean business. Break your goals into small, manageable steps so that you can take concrete actions to get where you want to go. Identify the obstacles and create strategies to overcome them. And of course, surround yourself with supportive people who believe you can be successful. Set time uh, tables and stick to them. Your brain is like an inner guidance system and it maps out your travels and the choices you make. What you think about and talk about will come about, so it's imperative to control the information that you feed your mind. Change negative images to positive beacons of hope by changing the way you think about yourself and your aspirations. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR for a consultation. That's 925-377-7827.
3: Be the star you
0: are, the star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over 225 billion dollars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376-376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care.
1: Well, they are known as frightful flyers. Mosquitoes are considered the deadliest creatures in the world to humans. And I'm sure that's a trivia fact that no one would have thought of or said. And that's partly because of the vast array of diseases they can spread. In an interconnected world, these illnesses infect mosquitoes and then humans at alarming rates. And so here are four of the deadliest diseases that can infect you via mosquito and we're going to be talking about um, one that's not even on the list here yet. So malaria, it is characterized by high fevers, flu-like symptoms and malaria infects 214 million people a year and it kills half a million people. It's caused by a parasite that infects the mosquitoes and then it's spread to humans. Then there's dengue fever Half of the world's population is at risk for dengue. Now, that is huge. And that causes severe nausea, pain, headaches, rashes, bleeding, and even death. Now, health authorities estimate that at least 80% of the population of Puerto Rico has been infected. Then there is, I think it's pronounced chicken ganja. It's a debilitating joint pain caused by the infection, it lasts for months. It was found in the Americas for the first time in 2013, and in the continental th- uh, U.S., most of the cases were imported by travelers, though there is a local transmission as well. And then, of course, there's West Nile virus, and that virus causes inflammation of the brain and the spinal cord, and the outbreaks have been occurred in the U.S. every, su- every summer since 1999. Severe reactions can be rare, but they do lead to death, which is um, not something, obviously, that we want. The, um, The problem that is really being talked about today, and you hear it in the news almost every day, is the Zika virus. Now, Zika was first discovered in Uganda's Zika forest in 1947. And the virus was long thought to be relatively benign, especially compared with other diseases that mosquitoes uh, bore, you know, like malaria. But since it invaded um, Brazil last year, the Zika virus has actually torn through Latin America. It has infected millions, and it has caused more than 1,000 confirmed cases of birth defects. And this it's really very sad because it appears to be linked to a neurological and autoimmune disease and disorder that is like the paralyzing Gillian Barr syndrome. And experts recently determined that it also can be transmitted through sexual encounters. And this is a first for a mosquito-borne disease. Some scientists suspect the virus has mutated, and that's why it's now cause for neurological problems while others think that the tragic side effects may have gone unnoticed for years. It's such a challenging virus to fight because the response is enormously complex. And uh, there have been uh, hundreds, maybe now even thousands of Americans that have contacted um, are been in contact with the Zika, Zika virus and they have contracted it. And there's an estimated 40 million Americans that travel to Zika-infected countries. 500,000 of them are likely to be pregnant women, and Zika will almost certainly spread locally within the main U.S. Um, you know, in this year. Puerto Rico, getting back to Puerto Rico, has reported more than 700 confirmed cases, including 89 pregnant women, and one person has already died, and that's likely just the beginning because mosquito-borne diseases like dengue are common in the tropics, And U.S. officials estimate that an astonishing 20% of Puerto Rico will eventually contract Zika. Now, the rest of the United States needs to prepare for Zika because what's happening, because of all the political infighting that's going on because of politics this year, there has not been any money spent to fight it. The White House asked in February for $1.9 billion in emerging funding to battle Zika but Congress has yet to act, and that's a position that really frustrates lawmakers from states on the southern border because they're going to have to deal with it. You know, people that are in Florida and Louisiana and along um, the Caribbean there or, um, you know, Mississippi, South Carolina, they have a lot of mosquitoes. And the Zika spread is a reminder that it is a globalized world and that modern borders offer less protection than they once did. Now, the surveillance of this uh, mosquito that chiefly carries Zika eroded because there's no funding, and there wasn't any public interest, which left the state and federal officials with an incomplete picture of where the disease may go next. And people weren't really worried that, you know, a mosquito born disease, they thought it was just confined to poor tropical countries, but the reality is that we are all cohabitors on this planet. And we cohabit with mosquitoes, and unfortunately, um, the mosquitoes are, are very serious, and as I said at the top of the hour, they're the number one threat of, of death for humans. So if you're pregnant, what do you do? Pregnant women with Zika really need to have more frequent ultrasounds, which is the only reliable way to detect the, um, the disease before a baby is born. And the birth defect isn't, uh, isn't always able to be detected. Um, if, you're, if you're not pregnant, you still need to care because there are other diseases that are being transmitted through, with Zika that uh, could be life-threatening for you. And there is no treatment for Zika as of, as of this time. And there's no commercial diagnostic test. Zika. So, unless you're pregnant or a traveler with symptoms, what you really need to do is put on those repellents. Make sure to be wearing DEET. This is also going to protect you from those tick-tick booms, those ticks that have Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Uh, those are all really dangerous, and so we have to be really careful of all of these. So, if you're out uh, outside and you're in an area that has mosquitoes... Remember that the Zika mosquitoes bite during the day, but cover up, wear long sleeve. I know it's not what any of us want to do on a hot day, but if you're in a mosquito area, you got to turn on the fans and protect yourself. Well, that's it for our show today. I hope you won't be miserable from mosquitoes. Thanks uh, for listening to Star Style Be The Star You Are every Wednesday live from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Network. And uh, we do hope that you get a lot of information from us. Check out Star Style Productions and what I'm doing. Go to CynthiaBryan.com. Make sure to make a donation to Be The Star You Are in our 18th year. And we've been bringing you this radio show since 1998. Go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Imagine your dreams as if they already exist speak as if they already exist and act as if they already exist and until next week when we celebrate once again remember that love always wins kindness always prevails and smiles will keep us happy keep away from those mosquitoes and dream, create, inspire I wish you a great week and we'll be together again next Wednesday 4-5pm to this is Cynthia Bryan and I thank you for joining me be the star you are be
0: the star you are
3: The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star, be the keep, star you
0: are. keep It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within.